What's up, everybody? This is a very special week for the show. If you heard the previous solo casts, uh, you know, preceding this episode and the next one, you'll know we are in San Diego and we have some awesome conversations in store for you. This episode is brought to you by my good friends over at Jombo Superfoods. Go to jombocbd.com and check out their full line of products. So many people are getting benefits from CBD, including myself. You know, cannabidiol, one of the many compounds found in the cannabis plant, is, you know, it's being shown to help people with uh, things like mood regulation, and it's, uh, it's shown to aid in gut health and brain health, and it, uh, it, it does help with uh, inflammation control. So just a lot of different benefits are associated with this one cannabinoid. And uh, I know you guys will, uh, will, will get something out of, you know, including this into your regular protocol. So if you are interested in trying CBD, I highly, highly, highly recommend Jumbo Superfoods. Everything that they use is uh, high quality. They send everything to a third-party laboratory. You're not getting any of the junk, any of the fillers. It's all premium ingredients. And since I've started using their Muscle Balm on a regular basis, my recovery has just uh, been helped tenfold. I put it on my sore joints and muscles after training jiu-jitsu, and it has absolutely been a game-changer. You can check them out at jombocbd.com. And when you do, if you use the code OUTSIDE at checkout, you'll save 20% off of your entire order. That's a win for everybody. You save 20%, and then let me tell you something. If you put two in your cart, they'll probably give you that third one for free. They're damn near always doing buy two, get one free. So throw two in your cart, you'll get that third one for free, and then you'll save 20% off of that entire thing. That is a win, my friends, for everybody involved. So go to jombocbd.com and check out their full line of products today. I would also like to send a big thank you to Convergence Media Group. You can go to convergencemg.com and see what they're all about. They help, uh, you know, they partner and work with brands across all industries. They are based in St. Louis, but they travel all over the world to do what they do. And they will help you build your brand in this digital time that we are living. They'll help you, uh, you know, develop a strategy to roll out your brand. They'll help you with the content creation. They'll help you do everything that you need to do to connect with your audience, to tell your story, to build your brand. Um, I've been so happy since partnering with these guys and I know you will get a lot of benefit out of doing so as well so go to convergencemg.com tell them I sent you and they will take care of you without a doubt convergencemg.com all right like I said we are in San Diego and I am sitting down with Aiden Perez. Aiden is a ganjapreneur. He has been in this, you know, in the cannabis space for a very long time. He's helped build some very prominent brands in the space. He's essentially worked in every area of the space except for extraction, I do believe, but every other area of, you know, whether that's, you know, growing and cultivation, uh, whether that's formulation, whether that's, uh, you know, whether that's probably on the retail side or whatever, you know, he's worked in every area 
of the cannabis space. So he's a wealth of knowledge, and it's just so cool to to be able to connect with him. I met Aiden last year in Austin, Texas, um, at the Caveman Coffee after party from Paleo FX, and we had a conversation. And he was sharing some about a story, you know, some about himself in a story. We're just talking. I'm like, man, dude, like you are an interesting ass human, and I was super happy to have connected with him. And you know, fast forward almost a year later, now I'm in San Diego. We're sitting down. We're having conversations, and you know, I have a friend, and it's because a year ago we went on a venture to San Diego or not San Diego to Austin, and and here we are today. It's just it's just so weird how when you live with intention, friends, and you are willing to accept what comes from living with intention and you know, you connect with people and you genuinely care about people and you and you really try to you know to just build relationships with others the opportunities are endless and it's it's crazy so i don't know i'm kind of i'm kind of getting into a uh into like a reflective state all of a sudden but uh hey listen i'm gonna stop rambling we're gonna get to the show um without any further ado i have aiden perez You're not you're not big on the on the social media saying it's not your jam. It, I don't blame you. You know, private privacy is a very uh, it's a big thing for me. Yeah. Um, but you know, I get uh, when it comes to business. You know, you have to put yourself out there. Right. When it comes to marketing yourself, advertising yourself. So, uh, but I really I don't know. You know, I'm not a big fan when it comes to sharing my personal life yeah like i like to keep my my personal life to myself yeah yeah like not just you don't want to just display it on blast all over the internet yeah all the time yeah 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 i try to like compartmentalize like those things and um, i've noticed because i always just like study people yeah and exactly. and um gary v said something about this the other day he's like i share almost everything yeah. but like my family's private like you never exactly. like you never see them so it's like if you're able to compartmentalize like I, that's what i'm trying to work on it's like what to pick and choose to share but it's like it's such a job in itself yeah and it's just this never-ending rat race it feels it, like. it is a full-time job yeah <laughs> which is why people do it for a living yeah, right yeah exactly Dude, it's fucking crazy it's not my favorite thing in the world but <laughs> yeah, I'll enjoy it. well you know it, it's the only i want to say it's the only thing but it it's it's a tool yeah you know and and learning how to use this specific tool uh because you know especially instagram instagram is so picture-oriented right that people People get their dopamines all fixed up based on images that they see on on Instagram. Yeah, like picture means a thousand words, but whatever that individual seeing, they'll create that meaning to that picture, and then they'll base that meaning off of a personal success of theirs compared yeah. to your success. They really do, dude. Your like your reality is truly based off your perception. Exactly. Um, you know, so 
Speaking of Instagram, I was uh, we were podcasting with this uh, this guy the other day. His name's Shane McNamara. He's a he's like a performance coach. He's yeah. from Wisconsin, and he was um, saying that Instagram is much more uh, geared towards like the feminine energy, mm-hmm. and and like Twitter is mm-hmm. much more like the like the the masculine side of things. Just just to the point, direct, kind of exactly. logical. Say your thing, like say your thing in this sort of text. You know what I yeah. mean. And then you have this very expressive, personal touch. You know, um, with Instagram, to where you're like you're very sharing and open. I never really thought of it like that. It was just when you were talking about Instagram, it was like, oh yeah, that I thought that was an interesting concept. Well, you know, the way uh, a lot of people are using Instagram now is is not what it used to be uh, as well. If you look, yeah. if you try to go back to, I don't know, I think it was. Instagram started in 2009 or something like that or before or after. I don't remember. Somewhere around there. Somewhere around there. People weren't using Instagram the way they use it now. Right. You know, people were actually sharing per, uh, personal things. Yeah, you know, like your life. Like your life, right? Yeah. Now people are more like advertising their life. I know. I hate that. I'm guilty of that too. Like I want to make sure my pictures are. But it's part of the game though. Yeah. And it's the game that people have created for created for everyone else. Yeah. You know, and most of that has been created by bigger marketers who understand psychology, right? you know, and they understand that showing a Lamborghini is going to get a lot of likes and followers because people want that lifestyle Mm -hmm. and they're going to follow whoever has that lifestyle because they want to become that person. Yep. You know, and that, and that's where, you know, a lot of this stuff is happening where, uh, even the big thing, fake it till you make it. Yeah. You know, is yeah. is part of the game. Yeah, it really is. It really There is so, I'm so conflicted cuz there is some truth to that statement even, agree, right? Cuz even if you don't feel like you are that thing or whatever it is that thing is to you that you're trying to be, you're trying to achieve, like if you just do it whether or not you feel like you are that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Eventually you will become that. Exactly. You know what I'm saying like exactly. you have to believe it and do it. But, you know, what's happening now and there's becoming there's definitely a shift happening where people are seeing what's authentic and what's not right you know and then also what's quality and what's garbage right marketing or garbage content yeah what was that thing that bow wow challenge or back in the day where he was uh i think he took a picture in like first class or maybe oh. maybe it was like on a jet or something <laughs> i remember that yeah and then he like hopped on coach or something <laughs> but, the, but it's but, true but that's the other end of it exactly. right people act like they have these things that they don't or they'll put themselves in terrible like situations mm-hmm. to get these things and they mm-hmm. can't really afford them exactly yeah it's, it's fucking challenging you know what, something i've noticed though we've i feel like as a society we've kind of been um made to believe or a lot of us believe that you have to do this thing to be successful and there's some to some degree like there's that social media beast where it's a part of the marketing arm now like you have to kind of have that to a degree but there are so many successful people and so many people who are just building brands or you know changing people's lives or making real connections in the real world every day and in fact most of those people are not on social Mm -hmm. like i think i think people don't understand that sometimes and well you know they don't know about those people and or they haven't met those people yeah you know and those people themselves are not marketing themselves as well as i'm this person i'm this successful person right that has accomplished all these things that you don't know about only because i'm not sharing it to the world right I, I rather put in the time and energy into creating more uh, life-changing uh, opportunities yep. than to 
that to share it. I mean, to share it online the way people are. Right. That's what it's about, man. Life's about experiences. Yeah. And making connections and actually doing things. Exactly. Yeah. I have two kids, and um, for their birthdays, like I don't buy them gifts. Like I, we always go on some, we go on adventures. Like, like, oh, where, awesome. like where do you want to go for your birthday? Like, this is what we're gonna do for your birthday. Like, it's all about the experience, man. Yeah. Just, I mean, fuck. Yolo is so like played out, but for real, there's some truth to that. Even like this is the life that we have go and actually live it and experience it. Well, you know, it's funny. I was having that conversation with my little brother this week about the term YOLO, right? Yeah. And I told him, you know, YOLO is definitely a marketing, you know, term. Yeah. But if you think about it from a different perspective, think about it in this way. Like, um, you die once, but you get to live every single day. Right. Instead yeah. of only live once. Right. You die only once. Right. But you do get to live every single day. You do. Every day is a chance to live. Every single day. Every day. And every single day you have the opportunity to make yourself happy and get on a path that brings fulfillment in your life. Yeah. That's so true, man. That's so true. And there's something. It's a scary thing whenever you actually take that leap to pursue your passion. Um, me coming from the Midwest, uh, there's a very particular culture there of, mm -hmm. you know, get your degree and, and get the nine to five and, you know, have the, there's like these steps that you're supposed to take in life. Um, but like that is a way some people choose to live their life. And you can you can find happiness and success in that. But there's so many different ways to do it. Mm -hmm. And whenever you do take that that leap of faith and you truly believe in like what you're doing. Um, like it can be scary and it's definitely not easy, but man, it's just so rewarding and, and life really can be is. so much more once you do that. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. You, I mean, you took that leap of faith, right? I mean, <sighs> yes. entering into the, into the cannabis space, yes, like, it, dude, it, it was a hard one. Too. Yeah. What was that time? Like, like talk to me about that. Um, okay. So, <laughs> okay. So it all, I, I started my journey in the cannabis space, uh, actually at a very young age during high school. It's been almost a decade you've been doing this. Over now. a decade. Over a decade. Uh, on, the, on the professional side. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, my journey started in the black market or what we call in the industry the traditional market. Okay. I like right? that. Yeah. Um, I was growing out of a, uh, a trailer park. Oh, were you? Yeah. With a buddy of mine in high school. Um, his older brother was the one who would take the product and sell it. <laughs> he had all the connections, right? Nice. And at that time, I... I wanted to learn about cannabis, like the botany of, of cannabis, right? how to grow it and, you know, what happens when the leaves turn yellow or what, what makes a, a strain more potent. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to learn about techniques and, um, my friend, I knew, I mean, he was someone in high school people knew about that he would sell weed too, right? He's the guy. He's the guy. He was your, <laughs> your, your plug. Yeah. He's the plug. <laughs> and so, um, we had a conversation about, um, like how does he grow it yeah so then from that from that day on we had conversations about hydroponics um and then i jumped it, i went to the public library which is my, my favorite place to be dude it's it's such an underutilized resource oh yeah the public library. oh yeah oh my god oh yeah i mean you still to this day oh yeah i at least once or twice a week i'll go to the public library Good and move. spend an entire day there yeah because no one bothers you it's quiet you have unlimited pieces of resource and tools at your disposal. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, when I go in there, I get to see all kinds of different age demographics walking in that building. 
from older people all the way down to younger kids, you know, oh, yeah. and then now they have uh, more resources for and classes to teach anybody who who wants to for free learn about coding, learning about uh, computer programming. Yeah, Excel. I, I, took yeah. A, I took an Excel course. Out of there you go. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, dude. So um, I so at that age, I and I wasn't a consumer yet. Okay, how old were you at this age? I was 15, 16. 15, 16, okay. Yeah, so yeah. I, all, all I was doing was just growing out of a trailer park. I can do it. Under four lights. I was just a stoner at that time. <laughs> a lot of people were. You yeah. Know? And, and, act, and what's funny is that uh, there was only two people that actually knew that I grew. Oh, okay. My friend that I grew with. You're a smart kid. And, well. <laughs> He's a rest, bro. Well, exactly. That, and that was the rule. Nobody can know about this. Yeah. My parents didn't know. Like, I had to take a pair uh, I had to take two pair of clothes with me every single time I went to the grow room. Yeah. Because I didn't want the smell to get attached to, to the clothing. Yeah. So Ooh. I always had to take two pairs of clothes, like a pair of gym clothes, uh, the clothes that I would grow in, which I would leave there. Right. And then when I got out, I would change into a different pair of clothes and put spray some cologne on. So whenever I walked into the, my parents' house, nice. they wouldn't smell me. Nice. Um, and obviously I didn't consume. So the smoke wouldn't get attached to my hair either. Right. Um, and so that's actually where I started learning just the beginning stages of just how the cannabis business works. And this is mostly the black market. So this is the other side that not many people have actually been in. Yeah. There are a number of us in the community that this is where we all started. Right. Right. Yeah. And, uh, at, I want to say at 19, actually 19, uh, we, I had a friend who we used to sell to in high school that was starting a cannabis business, a professional one nice. where he had licenses. He had a, a legit business. Uh, and he purchased a company called medical marijuana incorporated. And so he, Oh yeah, they're trading, right? Oh yeah. They're, they're, they're one of the first, uh, they are. I'm pretty sure I follow them. Yeah. Stock tick is a MJ and a, Yep, I follow them. Yeah, they're trading. Yeah, yep. so that was my very first time I entered the professional space in cannabis, right? Yeah. And uh, I was only 19, and so they hired me as a cultivator, and I managed all these indoor and outdoor operations that we had in Northern California. Oh, wow. So I was managing three warehouses. I was managing about, like, I want to say 50 acres. So indoor and outdoor. Indoor and outdoor. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. That's a large-scale operation. Yeah. Yeah. Dang, dude. Yeah. And so uh, at that time, the business was interested more on the retail side because that was really where a lot of the, the money and a lot of the focus was being put to get, was put at was in the retail space. Yeah, it's a consumer product. Exactly. So uh, we focused a lot on operations, uh, growing a lot of product, uh, and uh, we we designed in a, a subsidiary company called Cannabank. Okay. And so what we did with this company was we adopted the banking system model when it comes to withdrawing and depositing, you know, currency, right? Yeah. But in this case, you were able to withdraw or deposit flour. Oh, so wow. we, we, this is more like a depository type of business for patients who didn't have a location to deposit their, 
they're, they're, who didn't have who didn't want to get in trouble, you know, if the cops were ever to come to your house yeah. and find a, pa- a pound of weed in your house. Right, yeah. They wanted to have access to their medicine, but they exactly. didn't want to actually keep it on their exactly. uh, at their house. And so we also provided uh, depository services for bigger companies, cultivation companies. Uh, uh, I mean, at that time, there was only a lot of uh, cultivation companies. Actually, extraction wasn't even a thing yet. Yeah. So you didn't see dabs or or that's still or fairly earwax that's, or anything that's fairly like that. new. Yeah. People don't. I mean, how how long has have dabs really like five uh, five years? I want to say or so. Twenty fourteen, twenty fifteen ish. Yeah. So not not that. I mean, five six years we're talking. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> still pretty new to the game. Like, well, for that application, yes. Right. But there were already other types of applications, like. Uh, you know, like CBD oil was definitely, uh, CBD oil was definitely one of the first uh, applications that introduced to concentrates, right? Yeah. Because CBD was extracted for not just the, the full spectrum, the Bosch spectrum, but at the same time, isolate, which okay. is a the most uh, concentrated version of CBD. Right. Now, is that as effective whenever it's, like, is the isolate as effective when it's not paired with some of these other cannabinoids? Or, like, aren't we finding more efficacy with, like, the full spectrum whenever it's working with other cannabinoids opposed to just by itself? So, I mean, there's a lot of different medical professionals out there that have two different bias opinions on both sides. Okay. Uh, The best example I like to give people is... If I were to offer you a multivitamin C pill or a just a regular uh, – I mean, multivitamin pill or just a vitamin C pill, which one would you take? Like the multivitamin. Multivitamin, right? Right. So the full spectrum is really what you're going for if you want all the cannabinoids, right, to yeah. function, to get the entourage effect. Right. And so I, I'm i someone who's been around for so long and to understand how the, how the plant works – and I would rather get the multivitamin version right. than just a one single cell compound, which is just CBD. Right. But CBD alone also has amazing benefits as well. Yeah, I think it's um, it's like a good it's a good way for people to kind of test the waters. Exactly. You know, if they're really just unsure about this thing and they're mm-hmm. like, well, I don't want to get high. Or especially back in St. Louis, so many people are actually just in fear of losing their job. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I actually understand that. Exactly. Um, you know, I worked for a, a Fortune like 20 company. Uh, I was there for five and a half years. I was project manager. I was actually, I just got like a big bonus and then an additional raise on that. And then they hit me with a random drug test Ooh. and I failed, which it was one of those deals that I just, was playing the odds. I'm like, what are the odds? Like, I'm the only person who does my job. I'm killing it. If they do, they do. Um, and they did. But, uh, man, it's just, I can understand where the fear comes in. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, you don't want to lose your livelihood. And and, and it's fun that you say that because that's actually why broad spectrum was developed for these type of patients who didn't want THC to consume THC in their CBD. Right. Uh, for people who had, uh, uh, what they call, Blue collar or white collar? Blue uh, collar jobs. Blue collar jobs. Yeah. Uh, so that when they were going to get drug tested, yeah. they, w- they didn't find THC in their system. Right. And that's why broad spectrum was developed. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. So then they can get some of that benefits. Still. Exactly. You know, yeah. and, and, and at the same time serve those kind of patients or customers that, that do want to try out CBD, but they don't want to get in trouble because of that. You know, there's a lot of... Uh, uh, police officers as well out there that wanted to use CBD but didn't want to take a random uh, drug test. Yeah, yeah. You know, th- a there's lot a lot of, of cops. And then uh, athletes, Yeah, you know, specifically athletes who 
I mean, uh, at least I've been consuming cannabis, you know, yeah, for a very long time. Very long but, time. But not many people in the public knew. Right. And yeah, which know. is so funny because they think that cannabis is like a hindrance. But meanwhile, all of these years, all of this time, the like the top level athletes, that exactly, you do, they all do it. Like my favorite example is like okay, a lot you think you think athletes are, are who consume cannabis are lazy and you know they're not first of all right. But here's a perfect example. Look at Michael Phelps, dude. Look what he accomplished. One of the greatest Olympians of all time. Of all time. Right. It's it's amazing, and I that's one of the things I'm very passionate about is like breaking that stigma. Exactly. And um, my best friend and his wife, um, Antonio and Heather DeRose, they actually have a company which is all around that they call it greenhouse healthy and they've kind of expanded it but the whole mission started with like breaking the stigma of the lazy stoner yeah you know what i mean like they they go run marathons and do all these things it's like this is what people who do can cannabis do you know what i mean sure Mm -hmm. you have those people who are couch potatoes and those but that's just that's any that's with anything here's one thing that, that i like to share is that uh cannabis will enhance what's already there yes so if you're already a lazy individual, you're gonna be. It's gonna optimize that laziness. Absolutely. If you're someone who uh, like likes to go hiking, likes to go work out, uh, likes to do these masterminds with a group of members, and you like to smoke a little bit before, it will enhance that too. Yes. So it just enhances what's already already in there. I would agree with that. So that's why you find all these you know lazy couch potatoes who are just eating Doritos and Cheetos on the couch, smoking bong rips, you know, right. on the weekends or even during at night. Yeah. You know, watching movies on Netflix. Yeah, yeah. I, You know, it's being that we're in California, I mean, we're not in L.A., but, I mean, like movies and TVs have not helped that, that no. perception at all. Oh, no. You know what I mean? No. Like people just see that and they're like, yep, must be true. so the movies bro must be true yeah and that's i mean that's changing too right now in the cannabis space i think what you're seeing now a lot in the industry is uh the industry is changing that perspective yes about people within the industry what we're doing right you know changing that stigma and that story that's been that's been stuck to the industry for so long yeah you know and i believe uh, being around all these entrepreneurs or what we call ganjapreneurs. Uh, that's, a, that's what you classify yourself as, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, we work our asses off. Like, I mean, to maintain a business and then to run a business. And yes, we, we do like to smoke at the end of the day, you know, because we've had a pretty rough day because, I mean, what other industry do you know of that you're facing with all these different factors from? We're we're working against our own government. Right. We have lawmakers. Yes. State governments, city governments, county county governments. Yep. And then there goes our competition. Right. Like, there's a lot of different things. You have there's to a lot of things we gotta work through right. just to have a successful business or a, a running business. Yeah. You know, and and a lot of people don't understand that. Yeah. You know, they think a lot of the Business owners are just a bunch of potheads, but that's not really the case. Like, I believe we work harder than any other uh, business owner in any other industry. Yeah. Like, I mean, uh, especially out here in California, a lot of the cannabis industry has changed over the last, I want to say, three or four years dramatically. And, you know, we, we, California had a big opportunity to be 
I mean, we still are the biggest industry. I mean, the biggest market in the industry. Yeah. We have the most sales and the most taxes in in any in, in, than any other state. Okay. Like we have the highest tax rate in 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 the entire than any other market in the industry. Really? Yes. Huh. I remember when I was in Vegas, it was crazy expensive out there. It's expensive out there, yes. Yeah. But California is just as expensive or more expensive. Really? Yeah. Okay. And so, like, there's those factors from a business owner that you got to take in consideration. Yeah. Like, you, you got to take in consideration of the taxes, the fees that, that when it comes to attaining a license, and then, and then your employment, and all these other things that it takes in order to run a cannabis business. Yeah. And so, you know, the state has actually raised the taxes twice now on cannabis uh, business owners, whether if it's retail, whether if it's uh, cultivation, yeah, uh, processing now. And so a lot of the, like a lot of the, the jobs are now leaving California because, really? oh yeah, because it's becoming a lot harder for you to sustain a business in California. Because taxes are too high. Ta- way too high. Yeah. And the only businesses that are still here are businesses that have the tens of millions or hundreds of millions of dollars to keep themselves alive. Yeah. And so what you're seeing now is this shift of conglomerate corporation coming in who have so much money yeah. to back them up and sustain themselves through this phase, right? And it's cutting out all the smaller players out right. of the industry. Yeah. And so what these these smaller players are doing now is they don't want to have their business in California where everything goes to the state and taxes and they're just trying to keep their business alive. So what they're doing is now they're moving to other markets, you know, new markets like yeah. Oklahoma. Yeah. You know, you know, and that and that's where everyone's moving to. Yeah. Because they would rather build a business there that they can grow, employ more people. Right. And and and, and start something, you know, their family, start other a, a, business and, and see what happens in that market. Yeah. Because they can't do it in California anymore. Yeah. And the only ones that you see are the ones who have a lot of money. Dude, regulation is a bitch. Oh, yeah. I mean, and this is like, and that's the thing is like, you're seeing huge venture funds and corporations just coming out of nowhere and then taking, I want to say all of them, but uh, a lot of the the regulators who are, who are selling these licenses, they're yeah. picking out the people who have the most money. Yes. And, and they're not picking the the players who have been in the industry for for a decade yeah you know that's actually one of the reasons why i stopped uh like i stopped putting myself in that position of trying to wanting to have a cultivation company because I, I i've always enjoyed the, the 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 aspect of cultivation yeah like i love to to have soil like in the, <laughs> like in my hands it's therapeutic very therapeutic yeah i would spend most of my time just with my plants with my girls yeah you dude. know and just you know feel the vibes that these girls are giving me because i am their father and these girls are my daughters dude yeah and then they like provide you with this amazing medicine afterwards exactly yeah and so for people like myself who i consider like a smaller player uh it's a lot harder it was a lot harder for me to either start a business or sustain a business in California. Yeah. And all these other other players in the black market that are wanting to come into the what we call the white market now. Okay. To become legal, it's a lot harder for them now. I mean, these are growers who have like 25 lights, you know? So, it in order for in order for you now to sustain a business or have a business in California, you got to have at least, you know, 5 to 10 million dollars in your pocket. You know? Man, and yeah. Because like I think 
and there's been some numbers thrown out there here and there about uh like how much money does it take to make this amount and it's somewhere around like like four to five million makes you thirty to fifty thousand dollars. Oh wow. So that's not a lot. It's not a lot. Like like even in your first year, if you have a couple million dollars and you put in a million dollars to operate your business, you're not gonna make a million back on the first year. Right. Like especially in California where there's so many growers mm-hmm. and and then the black market's flourishing right now. Yeah, I mean with taxes being the way that they are, I mean it's still going to incentivize people to to shop. Exactly. Where they can save. Exactly. And the one thing, you know, I I do like what's happening in in the California market is that they are becoming the go-to state when it comes to testing product. Okay. So as a customer going into a dispensary, you're definitely guaranteed that the product you're going to purchase is tested. Yeah. It's coming from a quality source. Right. So that's definitely the difference between a black market product to something you find in a licensed retail yeah, store. Yeah, and that's a big deal. Like, I mean, sourcing of anything is very important. And whenever, exactly. If you don't know what, I mean, whatever it is you're consuming, I mean, you could be getting like pesticides exactly. or mold or mm-hmm. anything could be in, in that flower. You know what I mean? Exactly. So you definitely got to be careful. And um, it is really fucked up how the the barrier to entry is 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 almost impossible for just like the average person yeah. to get into cannabis. So the the medical cannabis space is, is new in Missouri and they're rolling it's it's rolling out this year. Um and it'll be a matter of time before they, they do recreational, I'm sure, or adult use, however you want to say it. Yeah. Um and I was listening I follow this podcast by this pretty large business guy and his name is Andy Frisella. He's entered into oh, the cannabis Yeah you, <laughs> He he's entered into the cannabis space, and it was funny to hear his perspective because he, well, obviously he has a fuck ton of money, mm-hmm. which, but he's like, he he likes the high barrier to entry because from his perspective, and maybe this is just the the businessman of him or whatever, but he feels like illegitimate, like legitimizes the space. I agree. It's, it's like, and I I I understand that. It's yeah. like, yeah, we got real business people back in this, but when you do that. It almost creates like this Walmart model where it's like exactly. only the big guy is winning and we're pushing out the mom and pops and we're pushing out, like you said, the people who were on that black market and who fucking, I mean, they paid their dues and they, they took their liquors, they went to jail, they did all this shit so that way now you big business can come and scoop up, you know what I mean, like the real profits. So I'm really conflicted in that regard. Like I do see that point of it does legitimize a space, which the space does need legitimizing. But on the same note, we can't just like, lock out the people who actually helped us get here. I was just about to say that. It's fucking crazy. There are those people who were the ones advocating to make this happen. Yeah. You know, there wouldn't be an industry if it wasn't for those people. Exactly. So, I mean, I I agree to what what Andy's saying. Yeah. I mean, it would legitimize this industry more. And and that is what's happening. You know, Canada was the first country in the world that federally legal – actually, it wasn't. It was actually Uruguay. But – Canada was the first largest market yeah. to legalize uh, uh, cannabis on a federal level. Okay. You know, and then we're now seeing, you know, what is, what can happen and what is happening in the industry looking at them and how they are controlling their industry in their markets. Yeah. You know, and, and what's, and what I'm talking about is definitely has already occurred where you find these large, large companies that have billions of dollars now, not hundreds of millions or tens of millions, but billions of dollars right. backing them up now. Yeah. And we're just seeing what kind of steps they're taking in order to move forward in this industry. Yeah. And they're not 
I mean, they already have enough control within their own market in Canada that they're now expanding their businesses outside of another markets in different countries that are legalizing cannabis oh, medically. Wow. You know, and that's what and that's what they're doing. Yeah. They're but you tell me what what other, I mean, in the United States you don't see that. There's very few companies who are actually doing that. Yet I, f- I feel like Starbucks is primed. I feel like I feel like all they have to do is just offer a different product in their locations. Oh yeah. That's it. Oh yeah. That is it. Yeah, I mean <laughs> if you have a platform that you can distribute internationally, yeah. I mean they're already distributing caffeine that that is a compound that's conscious altering. It's like now we just change the fucking the offering. Exactly. <laughs> and you know a lot of it uh comes to educating. Yeah. Educating the market, educating consumers, investors about CBD or THC or the other cannabinoids out there that are being discovered. So many more, like CBG, CBN. CBN you yeah, know, man. Yeah. It's, it's super exciting to see the things that are coming through with the research. And, like, it, yeah. ooh, if we can isolate some of these other ones, like, if, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe, like, CBN, it, it, like, it, the concentration increases when the flower is exposed to oxygen for a good amount of time, right? Is that, is that right? And then that, it, that particular compound helps, actually so, helps you sleep. Yes, it actually helps a lot with sleep. Yeah. Uh, people who have anxiety, people who have insomnia. Yeah. Um, you see most of CBN in in uh, outdoor flower. Right. Uh, not so much on, on in indoor. Okay. Actually, very little to none in in indoor flower. Mostly on outdoor. Okay. Um, and that only because and that only happens during the the. Uh, uh, the curating process when oh. it's when it's being dried and cured. Oh, that's that's when that mm-hmm. really develops. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, it's exciting stuff, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, what are your thoughts on on like the banking piece of it all? I mean, we talked about it a little bit, you know, before we started recording, but yeah. like, uh, like, what are your thoughts? Because it, it's so complicated as it is, and then you add in that whole banking piece, which makes it crazy dangerous for you know operators of businesses to have all that cash on them yeah yeah man yeah i mean and this industry's been operating on cash yeah like to the point where you know the the uh, the banking services out there which what they're calling themselves like they're more like uh truck pickup services yeah where they come to your business your 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 office and they pick up the cash and then they take them to another location where you can deposit your cash. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's the kind of business that a lot of these people are running. And then, yeah, you know, they, they are working with other banking institutions that are not even within the same state. These are banking institutions like in Utah or Colorado who have uh, – who are these These are banks that actually own their, their bank. And some of them are not – I mean, they do work federally. But, uh, like, it, it's become such a huge problem because now we're in 2020 – and we still don't have a banking solution. Right. Like, like people are still operating with cash. It's so crazy. Like, it's, that is something that just blows me up. Because for me, like I was sharing with you earlier, you know, I, I, was, I was running a, an affiliate CBD online store, right? And I would talk to my merchant processors that I don't touch the product. I don't hold the product. I just provide a distribution for these brands to make a sale. Right. You know, I provide the advertising and the marketing for my store right. and advertising their products and their brands. And if the purchase occurs on my store, you know, the purchase occurs there, but I don't ever touch the product or even hold inventory or right. anything like that. And so many times last year, I, my account got shut down by these merchant processors yeah. because 
their laws are changing. You know, they no longer work with cannabis or CBD related businesses. So for small, small businesses like mine, you know, it's becoming a lot harder for me to stay alive, Yeah. you know, and just hold a, 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 a random CBD online store where I don't hold any product. Right. And I can't even operate it like that anymore. It's like you're just essentially advertising yeah. and, and offering the channel for people to purchase. Exactly. That is it. That is it. It's all digital. All digital. And I'm and 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 actually provide education too for customers and patients who want to learn more about C B D. Yeah. You know, and I haven't been able to put in a lot of more into that, which is now something I'm gonna start doing. Um uh, is educate more of the consumers about CBD. Yeah. Uh, and even just something like that was like these merchant processors understood what I was doing. Yeah. But they, they don't own the business. They're just a manager or, or, or a rep for yeah. their merchant processing I'm just doing company. Doing my job, buddy. Yeah, man. So, <laughs> so, so I understand that, but it's like for, and they're only willing to work with companies who are producing, you know, 25, 50 to hundred K a month yeah. type of sales, Yeah, you know, because they want to make their money. They, they want, they, they need to get paid for their services, mm-hmm. but they're not willing to work with the small business, you know, that are, that's making under $10,000 or under five. Yeah. You know, these are just people that, uh, uh, you know, they, they want to supply a service for the CBD industry. And, and in some cases like myself who wants to educate as well. And I can't do that because a lot of the merchant processors don't want to collaborate yeah. you know, with small businesses. They only want to collaborate with the larger businesses who are producing a lot of money. Yeah, man. Money talks. Yeah. It's and, unfortunate. And then like, you know, I mean, I, and this is, it's different because every, a lot of CBD companies have different, uh, like they produce their revenue in different ways, you know, other than retail, online retail uh, or wholesale, uh, private labeling. Yep. And then, and that's the thing is that, uh, now today in the CBD space, there are thousands and thousands of CBD brands because of private labels, because of private labeling services. Yeah. So, you know, if you look at it from the merchant processor side, where, how much money from the private labeling is that revenue coming from? Like, is it at 30%, 20%, 40%, maybe 60% of the revenue is coming from private label brands. Really? Maybe. Do they don't have a way to track it though? Uh, or do they? There is a way. I mean, I guess you there, track there the definitely sales, is a way. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, like, private labeling. I think it's an awesome service, but if you're if you're if you're private labeling from a good source. Yeah. But so many of these private label brands, they themselves don't even know what what's in their product. They and they don't care either. And they, they don't care either. They're just like, oh, this is something I can sell and it's popular. Because they're riding the wave. Yeah. They're they're riding the green rush rate wave. Yeah, yeah, this is the green rush, dude. And we're we're gonna like look back on this one day and be like, holy shit, we lived through that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Dude. Oh yeah. I mean, we're gonna be having conversations with our kids saying. Yeah, there was that time, and this is how it was, and this is what we were going through. And yeah, they're like, "You really locked people in cages for mm-hmm. that? Holy shit!" For a joint? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa, dude. And that's another topic of its own. You yeah, know that's a whole other how thing. that industry works. Right. So um, it, it's been a crazy time uh, being in this industry for this long uh, in the companies that I've been a part of. Yeah. Uh, because you know. Like I was sharing earlier, the beginning of my career in the professional cannabis space did start in the cultivation, the retail, 
But then, you know, the same company, we started designing a lot of subsidiary brands that you now see today in the CBD space, like Canaway, Canavest, uh, Hemp Meds, Hemp Meds Brazil. A lot of these brands were subsidiary brands that we designed and oh, developed. Okay. You know, I did, and I did, was I was part of the development team that developed these brands and their product and their product launches, the marketing, the branding, uh, product development as well. Yeah. Uh, so, and now you get to see them. They're the, they're the top companies in the industry now. Yeah, that's cool to see. Yeah, it was definitely something nice to see. Yeah. That this is, I, you know, this is, I got to see where my work went. Right. You know, um, and that was back in 2012. <laughs> Yeah, Damn, 2012. Eight years ago. Eight years ago. Yeah. Yeah, 2012, 2013. You're an OG. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I'm a very young OG. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Still a whole lot left to do, man. So, yeah, that's something a lot of people don't realize is the amount of, like, private labeling that's done. Um, I'm always – people always ask me, like, what's the best CBD brand? What should I use? I'm like, man, dude, there's so many. To ch like, that's so subjective almost. Well, you know uh, – because I do get a lot of people asking me about the very same question, like what 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 brand do you what? prefer? Should I yeah. should I should I take? And and then they start asking me like what's what kind of application should I take? A full spectrum, boss spectrum, yeah. or a single isolate uh, formulation? And the first question I ask them is why do you take CBD? Yeah, like that. That's my first question. What is the purpose? What is your sole purpose of taking CBD? Most of the time, people say inflammation. Right. Right. And, and then I, then I asked him, okay, now that we know what, that you want to treat inflammation because yes, CBD does treat inflammation. Um, what kind of application are you looking for? And, you know, going back to private labeling and formulation, like formulation is one of my, is my, is my thing. Uh, <laughs> uh, and this is actually, actually I want to share too is like, uh, what I'm, what I'm seeing a lot right now, specifically in the private labeling sector is a lot of, a lot of these new brands that are coming out and advertise themselves on Instagram and doing, uh, uh, like affiliate marketing deals with Instagram influencers, excuse me. Uh, these brands either have a tincture, a topical. And then the third, which is the one I I I 100% disagree, are gummies. Yeah. Because and well, I and I'll go a little bit into that right now. Okay. So when it comes to gummies, right? Let's take away what what's inside the gummy, and let's just focus on what a gummy is. Yeah, it's just gummy is what sugar and sugar and candy. Yeah. So, and I'm sure a lot of your listeners here on the show understand the effects of sugar. And high fructose corn syrup. I would hope so, but it's, uh, a, it's amazing how many people just, just don't care or just. Well, I mean, here, okay. Turn and this is where I go back to the inflammation part. Yeah. You're 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 telling me that you're using CBD because you want to treat inflammation, right? Yeah. But you're using an application that causes inflammation. So gummies, in particular, which is a candy made up of sugar and gelatin. And all these other uh, uh, compounds that are just not good for you. Yeah. And just fill with a lot of high fructose corn syrup. And, you know, I can't say all the gummy manufacturers are using high fructose corn syrup. 
but there's a good portion of them out there that are using high fructose sure. corn syrup. I mean, margins. Yeah, and there are people that are, you know, some companies are using, you know, uh, uh, organic sugar cane, but it's still sugar, you know, and the sugar itself, it will, it will cause inflammation in the body. So you're trying, you're taking, you're buying CBD because you want to treat inflammation. Yeah. But then you're taking an application that causes inflammation. Well, people do that with everything, right? They'll they'll um they'll say they're they're going vegan or they're going gluten-free and they just buy the same stuff, but if it says it on the package, then it's okay, right? They'll buy gluten-free cupcakes. Yeah. So you're still eating cupcakes, dude. Like, I mean, I get it. Maybe it's a little bit marginally healthier, but you haven't really changed anything. You're trying to fix something by doing the same thing still you want the quick fix most people do uh, well yeah and, and that's the great majority and that, that's why like you go to i don't know target or walmart and you go to the 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 multivitamin aisle almost i want to say almost all of them but a good portion of the multivitamin products the application that they're using today are gummy bears yeah or gummies gummies because yeah. it's easy to take you know you don't have to measure you don't have to uh uh, uh i mean a lot. I mean, if you think about why these pharmaceutical companies were designing this, uh, using this application to consume the medicine or multivitamins, we can go all the way back to when the multivitamin Flintstones. Yeah. You remember those? Oh yeah, I used to take like, those. Like, like we, those were made in candy shape with a character, the Flintstones. Right. So that we could consume our our vitamins. Yeah. Because we didn't want to take a regular pill, like a horse pill that people couldn't swallow well you gotta entice little kids to do right shit. yeah you know i i mean i i I, <laughs> I myself when i was younger i couldn't swallow a pill because like i would i would think that the pill gets stuck on my throat yeah you know and so i can understand why these pharmaceutical companies use a gummy as the application to consume the medicine or the multivitamin right yeah but like what you're also doing to the consumer is that you are raising them to think that it's okay to use candy to treat or not to treat but to to use as an application for medicine yeah yeah like we th- are th- that's that's the wrong part 100 that i don't agree with the pharmaceutical space but at the same time even what the cbd industry is now doing because i mean going back to we're talking about instagram right all these influencers are talking about inflammation and that they use CBD for inflammation and they're holding the, the bottle of gummies <laughs> that, and then you look at, and if you, and if you do look at the, the, uh, the, uh, the, the label the of label. the bottle, like the nutrition facts, you'll find the amounts of, a sugar that they're taking per dose. Yeah. And then the average right now is somewhere around like two grams to five grams of sugar. Per gummy. Per gummy? Like per dose. Okay. You know, and that could be two gummies or one gummy. Yeah. And and so you think about it, okay, that individual just took two grams or five grams of sugar in one shot. Yeah. And that's not counting all the other things that they're taking all on an the everyday stuff. basis. Oh, yeah. Of, uh, that has sugar. Yeah. Like 80% or I think it's like 70 or 80% of all products have some form of high fructose corn syrup or it, sugar in it. Dude, yeah. So they took like a some sort of carbon reading of I don't know who it was or somebody, but um, there's this great documentary called King Corn, and it's from like 2007 talking about this. But like our DNA, a lot of the of the DNA of of people in the U.S. is mostly made up of corn now because we eat so exactly. much corn. It's in everything, everything, everything. and it's it's just in, most of the food in the supermarkets is like corn. 
like all in the center aisles. It's just corn in all these yep. different forms. Yep. It's so crazy. And um, one thing I've noticed is with the amount of sugar and everything, everything has to be sweetened. It's it's completely changed people's taste buds to the extreme to where a lot of things that are healthy for you or uh, tend to be bitters, or maybe a better way to say a lot of bitters tend to be healthy for you. Yeah. And people have a very limited palate of the things that they'll eat or they'll try because if it's not sweet enough, then they'll just completely disregard it. But most things, not everything should be sweet. Like a lot of things are not sweet. Exactly. I mean, we, we eat with our eyes. Yeah. You know, and, and I, I love food. Like food is. Oh, dude. God, I love food. <laughs> oh, I'm such a I foodie. Mean, I'm always I mean, checking me these too. spots, dude. And, and, and the funny thing is that going back to how food is being marketed too. Yeah. Like you're now seeing businesses and restaurants who are advertising, let's say like a, a cookie that has already a, a lot of sugar in it. And then they top it off with like a snicker, <laughs> you know, and then they add caramel on top of that yeah. with some like M&Ms. So it's like sugar among sugar, layer after layer of sugar and sugar. Yeah. So, and, that, and you can, I don't even know how many calories that is. It's insane. And I don't know how much sugar that is either, but that's just one sitting with, uh, one sitting that, that just packed with, with, uh, um, uh, saturated fats and sugars like synthetic sugars that like it's not it's not doing any good to you yeah it's causing more harm than good it, yeah yeah I, I i agree and and <laughs> and like and believe me I, I i i love ice cream oh don't get me wrong i love it too like i absolutely love it but when that's all you're doing and you have it all the time it's just you have to take care of your gut you know what i mean yeah your gut health is so important so and we're learning more and more about it all the time and just people just just don't like they don't take care of their gut. Well, you know, and that's the thing is like people are just not educated, and people do know, and then they they sometimes will like you know what I'm gonna stop sugar, uh, and then two days later the craving starts kicking in, it's and then the 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 moods start swinging, and then your mind starts telling hey let's go get a cookie yeah hey, let's go get some ice cream yeah man you and don't it, need this shit just and go it, eat that and it, and 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 usually that happens those cravings happen because like. Uh, a lot of the products that I was talking about that have high fructose corn syrup, the way like it's being digested, uh, uh, what they call ATP trapping, okay, is that the the brain is being signaled by the the intestine or the the stomach where it's thinking that it's not getting any energy, so that's why those cravings kick in, yeah, because the brain is thinking that you're not getting any energy even though you just had a whole bowl of ice cream. Yeah, because they're they're cold, like they're nutrient empty. Like there's, exactly, there's, there's exactly. Nothing. There's no density of nutrients. Yeah, you know, and so you're you're tricking the brain thinking that you need more, and then that causes the addiction later on. Yeah, and that's what food scientists do. They try to figure out how to do, like how can they get you to take that next bite. Exactly. Yeah, man. And so like when I when I go back to the gummies that are being delivered as this new way or new application to take CBD. And then, you know, you have these families, mothers and fathers who are giving their kids CBD from a gummy. Yeah. Like, yes, it's a lot easier for them to consume this CBD through a gummy application. But you're also educating your kid to think that this is how you take your medicine is by using candy. 
Yeah, that's true. I make them take it right out the dropper. It's better. Yeah, it's, the, it's, it's I mean, the, I cook with it. The natural source, you know, or put it, you know, um, uh, putting, you know, a, a dropper of that CBD in a smoothie. Yeah. You know, or in your milkshake. Dude, your I, protein shake. I mean. Yeah, man. I um, I put it. I put a, a f- four or five drops in. Like I make their oatmeal in the morning. I put it in there. Or um, I have some CBD infused EVOO from Jumbo nice. Superfood. So yeah. like, I, dude, I'll cook with that. Like, there's just so many ways to just work it into the kitchen. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So you know, that's that's just something I I disagree when it comes to like the formulation and the the manufacturers are designing different applications for for private labelers. Yeah. Um. Or even then themselves, uh, because. There are a lot of manufacturers out there that have different types of applications for you to consume CBD, but one in particular that I don't agree is just the gummies because yeah. the way it's it's being used and marketed when, I mean, like I said, a lot of people are using this for inflammation purposes, but what they're doing is they're causing more inflammation than right than treating it yeah man it's it's unfortunate it's definitely not the delivery mechanism that you probably would like to see well well, not just that but even from the absorption rate of cbd yeah you know a lot of people don't understand or don't know but uh cbd is it is considered a fat soluble compound so your body's not capable of absorbing all of the cbd that you take so if you're taking let's say 10 milligrams your body's only going to absorb five, maybe even ten percent of that ten milligrams. Really? Yes. Does that vary per person? Just kind of like depending on on kind of like what their like the health of their like uh, intestines and stomach. You know, like uh, a lot of it. I mean, and that and that's where the five to ten percent variable is. is because okay. it's based on the individual's biology. Okay. You know, and how their immune system works. You know, how 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 fast is their body consume uh dense nutrients okay you know and and that's where that factor works in but a lot of people think that i'm taking these 10 milligrams and they're not taking all 10 they're they're taking maybe one or two milligrams oh. is what the body's absorbing so that. the rest is not being used yeah i know a lot of the studies have pretty high concentrations of cbd when they when they do these mm-hmm. studies yeah 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 and and these and those i mean and that's where like a a formulation nerd myself uh likes to go into the the applications that are being designed today or how the pharmaceutical companies are coming into the industry sharing their knowledge about absorption rate and the different applications out there that they're designing or have already been used to raise the absorption rate of a specific formula so you have like nano emulsification or nano emulsifiers or liposomal which is other applications that help the body absorb more of that formula. Okay. So you have liposomal, and then you have nanoemulsifiers, and then you have regular CBD oil. And mm-hmm. regular CBD oil, you know, yeah, a lot of these formulas are using like uh, MCT oil as a lipid to right. help absorb, help the absorption rate, right? Right. It's a but carrier. It's a carrier, right? Yeah. Um, just like uh, uh, liposomal, it's also a carrier. Mm-hmm. They call it a, a fatty tail. Yes. You know. Uh, nano emulsifiers is is definitely another application that uh, the CBD particles are actually now nano size. I think it's like uh, 25 nanometers 
and then uh, liposomal is somewhere around like 100 to 1,000 nanometers. Does Depending on, on which method, does that, does that dictate the absorption rate? Exactly. Okay. So like the nanoemulsifiers is definitely one of the best applications out there for your body to absorb more of the CBD. Okay. Now what what uh like what form would that come in i don't they come in powderized form that would be more um, like we find those more in powders powders but uh a lot of uh some f- I, i've been actually there are some manufacturers out there that are using uh nano emulsified applications and using it into like beverages like water oh, okay. water uh, uh a lot of the, uh, some of actually a good chunk of the uh, beverage companies out there use nano emulsified cbd powder in their formulas okay so that you are absorbing a lot more of the cbd than liposomal or regular cbd oil right but like i said going back to what's being shown today in in the industry there are thousands and thousands of cbd companies out there using just regular cbd oil right so if you're a consumer trying to find the best cbd out there with your dollar you don't know this and you're thinking i'm gonna buy this product because I want to treat inflammation. Right. And then you are then you don't know how the absorption rate works. So you're only paying for that 5 to 10% per dose. Right. You know, you're not getting the full dose that you're looking for. Maybe you'll kickstart a placebo effect. <laughs> I feel like there's there's some power to that, man. I mean, whether whether it's actually something externally doing the work or not, but like it's it's convincing you that something's working and then your your mind heals itself. Like that's that's some powerful shit. It is. Yeah, it, it definitely is. Um, so you know, but yeah, education, man. Education is big. Education is big. Now, um, for some reason, I was thinking. Um, so I get um, formulation, product development. Were you in um, like the research space at all? Um, I was doing some research uh, for the government last year. Okay. Uh, on a clinical study. To treat PTSD. Okay, because I, I I thought I remember us talking about you being in the research space whenever right. we met last year in Austin, and I just wasn't sure, so I wanted to like clear that up because like all right, so you were in the research space. I was. All right, and cool. I mean, it didn't it didn't go through. Okay. Um, and I mean, for a lot of factors that uh, from a federal level, you know, the laws still don't yeah don't go towards the the way we want it to. Right. Uh, and it, but it, at the same time, it was exciting because it, it, it showed me that our government is still, they are looking into this and they're looking to pay, uh, looking to pay and find the right people who are studying this and who are willing to put in the work. Yeah. And so I was very excited that, uh, to be a part of this project where we were designing a clinical study using, um, uh, uh, well, we first started with Navy SEAL officers, but then we wanted to expand that to all types of uh, military branches to treat PTSD. Yeah. So that was something that I, I was deeply humbled to be a part of because I, I think that the military deserves, especially for our vets, 100%. deserve this. Yes. Uh, and the project was going to be based on uh, just dosing them with different um, dosing regimens and at different levels of dosing sizes or volume size, um, and seeing how it helped with their insomnia, their PTSD, um, their mood, their mental health as well. Um, it didn't move forward. So, 
I mean, it, it stopped there. Yeah. But it was, but it was, it was actually fun and exciting for me because yeah, you know, I was. This is something I felt that uh, was my way of serving my country and at the same time helping vets in particular. Yeah. Who needed man. them? Who I feel that needed the most. One hundred. I agree. One hundred percent. The amount of vets that you see just that are homeless and on the streets and suffering from um, you know PTSD and just severe amounts of trauma. And, like, if we could just help these people in some way, or uh, there's a ton of people who are even uh, kind of just in reg- quote unquote regular society who are able to, like, hold jobs and, right. f- and family, but they're suffering in silence. Exactly. And people don't see that even. You know what I mean? So you can see it everywhere. Yeah. And it's like, man, we definitely got to, we got to help these. Like, these guys are fucking fighting for our freedoms. Exactly. Like, exactly. We got to take care of them when they come home. And, and the sad part is, like, you know, you know, our, our, uh, the government, is trying to help some of these vets, you know. And the thing is, though, they're using opiates to treat PTSD. And then that just causes a bigger problem where they're spending even more money to help these vets using different opiates because it, then it creates an addiction for opiates. Yeah. So then that creates a bigger problem from them. Right. Which, to me, it made sense, you know, that they were interesting to other other resources out there in the world that can help with PTSD yeah instead of using opiates as an option yeah you know so be, being part of that study was was something that uh was it was definitely a humbling experience to, I mean for that short time right uh, to be a part of and at the same time uh see where this would go to and how it was going to help the vets yeah. And not just vets, but everyone else who's who who has these trauma issues as well going on, right? Or trauma disorders, right? I'm really excited to see what um, is coming out of you know the research done by Maps and yeah, you know, psilocybin and MDMA mm-hmm. trials and different things that are really helping people with PTSD and trauma. It's it's it, like we're in a whole new world when it comes to this space. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dude, yeah. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, we're we're all students still. Yeah, I know. I know. I mean, I mean, you were there at the, you know, the, the beginning stages of kind of, you know, cannabis and, and, and CBD and too. CBD and how that's kind of unfolding. And then now we're just like the plants are fucking taking over, man. Yeah. It's cool to see. Yeah. And, you know, um, you know, I sometimes talk with different uh, people in, in the industry and uh, just we we mo- a lot of our conversations are based on where we think the industry is heading to, right? And you know, there are there are what we call land racers in the industry that go to different parts of the world finding str- cannabis strains, right? And the interesting thing about cannabis, that the plant is that it will adapt to any environment it's in. Yeah. So it can be in a dry environment, a a, a a high humidity tropical environment to uh, in the mountains in the Himalayan uh, mountains, um, it, it will adapt to any to any environment. Yeah, and based on it, it its biology adapting, it will change its DNA and its biology to its environment. And from that from that on, it will design a, a different cannabinoid profile. Yeah, you know, and when you start seeing that, like. You're now researching how, like, you're now researching on strains that can, let's say, you know, uh, uh, a cannabis strain that's grown in Africa. Yeah. That can treat, that will produce uh, a certain type of uh, cannabinoid that treats, uh, you know, I don't know, uh, 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 diabetes. 
Yeah, for example. You know, for example. Yeah. And 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 that's the thing is like the more research that we're discovering based on these land racers, how they're they're providing all this new data to the industry about yeah. what they're finding out in the world and and only because th- this plant is doing its thing which is to survive. Yeah. And then you think about okay, so you have all these strains or different genetics all in different parts of the world that have their own special qualities. You know, one strain in this area uh, uh, develops more CBN. This strain in this area of the world provides more CBG or CBL. Yeah. You know, and and when you start looking at all these different factors, like, wow. I mean, we still don't know what's out there. And, and because, like, when you start thinking in, in those kind of ways, you start thinking, okay, well, what else is out there in the world that we don't know about? Right. Like, we're still students and we're still learning about our own plant. Yeah. Can you imagine the other plants out there in the world that we still don't even know about? That's true, man. Or or let's say, you know, a plant that's considered a poisonous plant. But then if you grab this, this poisonous plant and let's say you boil it to this temperature – and then you formulate it with this other plant compound. Right. And then it becomes like the most amazing medicine you've ever you've ever discovered. Right. And only because we still are discovering these things. We're still discovering that these plants have amazing benefits, even the poisonous ones sometimes. Like, oh, yeah. Like, like, I mean, there are, there are pl- plant medicine out there that are considered poison, but have amazing me- medicinal benefits for your body, too. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Well, even just like everyday things that maybe people are a little bit more familiar with, like mushrooms. Like, sure, you can eat mushrooms um, raw, but they're actually like ideally you you cook like all culinary mushrooms. Like you cook them to get the best benefit, like nutritionally, right? Exactly. So it's like it's it's just it's a exciting prospect to think about changing um, like. all the di- like the different inputs, yeah, you know that a plant's exposed to, and then like what expression can really be exposed based off of that, right? Like what yeah. stri- like what cannabinoid is really going to be, um, like of a, like a, what's going to come through in like the highest concentration, I guess is a better way. To say you know it. that, and then um, also because I didn't know about this, but in the beginning stages of of my education about CBD, you know, I I always thought. Um, if I were to grab a f- the flower or the bud from cannabis and eat it, I thought I was going to get high, and that wasn't the case. Right, it's you, processed through your liver when you eat it. Well, or well, you're, you're well, talking you're, about just through the if you're talking about if you just grab the flower, or even like the whole thing, whether it's flower and 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 leaf, the, the the fan leaf. Yeah. If I were to consume it, I won't get high because what I'm consuming is the acidic version of that compound. Oh. So I would be consuming THCA. Which is the acidic version of THC. Oh, okay. And so that. I get many of the medicinal benefits that I get from THC, but without the high. Oh, really? Just, so just by eating like just the straight yeah. flour. Oh, yeah. wow. And and the THC occurs during the decarboxylation process when it starts getting cured and it gets treated. Yeah. You know, that's when that's when the the psychoactive effects starts starts coming in. Uh, once it goes through that process of being yeah. cured. But when it's still in an acidic version, you still get all the medicinal benefits. And so I learned this because I learned this back in 2012 when I was working for uh, Medical Marijuana Incorporated. We were juicing 
our cannabis. Yeah. And then we tried it different ways from juicing just the fan leaves and then juicing the flower and then juicing both of them. Mm -hmm. And what we found was a a variety of cannabinoids and all these, uh, but they're all the acidic version of these cannabinoids. Yeah. So we were, we we were consuming CBDA, CBG, uh, CBGA, CBLA, CBNA. What is CBL? Uh, I can't, that's okay. What's it do? Do you know? Like, I, I'm trying to remember right now. I, I, put, I put you on the spot, bro. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's cool. I mean, it it's there's so many, and we're there we're, is we're constantly then, learning. Well, we're yes, we are constantly learning, and like the more you, the more the more you know, and the more you don't know. Dude, <laughs> like, the more I learn about <laughs> shit, I'm like, I don't know anything. I'm just a moron. But you talk to somebody who doesn't know anything, they're the most confident person in the world. <laughs> Well, um, oh, um, Did you, is that what CB? Yeah, C- CBL, which is commonly <laughs> referred to by its abbreviation, CBL is a non-intoxicating cannabinoid found in cannabis plants. Cannabis cycle cyclical uh, doesn't have double bonds, which means it won't get you high like tetrahydrocannabinol. Okay. Yeah. Right on. Thank you, brother. Um, we got we got Sir Rick, Sir Rick, the man in the Can house. We throw it. Um. And so, like, uh, and, and what's interesting is that uh, from that point of view, you know, Israel has been ahead of anyone in the country when it comes to research and development in cannabinoids and in, in science and cultivation yeah. formulations. They've been doing research on this plant for quite some time. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, Dr. Mashulam, who was the, he, we call him the godfather of the cannab- of CBD and the cannabinoids because he was the first individual who extracted CBD from the cannabis plant. Mm. And he's the one that discovered the compound. I feel like I read about him. I read that book, Up in Smoke. Mm. Um, yeah. It's, yeah. Complete history of like the cannabis plant. I feel and, like and he's been researching CBD since the mid to late 70s. Yeah. So they've all, and they, were, they, were, they already were ahead of everyone in the world when it came to CBD and these other cannabinoids and how they work with our body. Yeah. And the ECS system. So, like, uh, for him, uh, like, like Israel is, is, is decades ahead of everybody in research and development. And so they've been doing this for so long and to the point where they now even have clinics in their country where you can go to this clinic and, 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 and uh, take a, a, a CBN product really yes oh shit that's yeah. cool so they've already isolated all these cannabinoids and created products within themselves so why are we not just looking to them oh we are but you know when it comes to when it comes to here in the united states i mean like you know there are organizations that are putting money and the right people into research and development but there isn't enough of it yeah and we're looking towards like these people in Israel where they've been doing this for so long. Right. And they've already done all that research that we it would take us years to get to. Yeah, they've already done the work. Exactly. We and and they're and they're now. sharing they're sharing their their what they've learned, you know, and they're creating collaborations. You know, uh for the longest time Israel was a uh uh a way for for companies to get their products uh uh, federally approved because they already had the facilities and they already had the research. They had the, the, the medical team 
the scientists that 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 can that can how do I put this like uh, in order to have a product to be federally approved in here in the U.S. you have to t- there are certain steps you got to take right? right well you would have to find a facility with all these factors that come into place they already have that and they've been doing this for decades right so they a lot of these brands would go to them to get what we call a pre-approved federally approved product okay so it was like bypassing the federal approval system here in the u.s right by working with these guys who already have all this done yeah they've already done all the legwork they've already done all the legwork so you would you know pay for a study uh be a part of their 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 research team with your formulation to get your formulation pre-approved as a federally approved product so once you got past the phase two er section that's when that's when you were able to go into different markets and and advertise or market this formulation or product as a federally approved product. Oh, okay, past phase two. Yeah, past phase two. Now, is that is that kind of where you see the market going? Where we're just going to see more and more products of these individualized cannabinoids? Yeah, uh, I I definitely think so. I mean, or just more and more, like, even like flower strains that are just like really high CBG strain or really high CBL strain. Like, are you seeing? Is that kind of where you see things going? Yeah. Yeah, from the cultivation side, you you will start seeing a lot of uh, cultivation companies focusing on one, you know, a one thing. Whether if it's to produce more CBN, more CBG, or and then you know there are companies today who are only concentrating on CBD products, right? right? So they want the highest hemp strains that produce the most CBD, right? Uh, who have exotic uh, cannabinoid profiles with you know. Uh, uh, 1%, I mean, less, uh, less like half a percent of CBN or CBG, CBL, uh, CBS. uh, And so uh, I am seeing that from the cultivation side of genetics when it comes to uh, putting time and effort in producing more of a certain compound or cannabinoid. Yeah. uh, Which then will start going to, you're going to now start seeing, I mean, you're already, there are already products out there that are CBN products. Right or CBG products here in the U.S., you know, but it's already been happening in Israel for decades. Well, yeah, we're just way behind the curve. Yeah, we're way behind the curve. Yeah. You know, but this is the largest market, you know, in the world. Yeah, man. So, like, and we're not even at full capacity yet. We're, we're just in the beginning. Well, I mean, we're right now, we're like I shared before, we're, uh, before we started the podcast, we're somewhere around like 75 80% capacity as a full mar- uh, as a full market yeah uh whether if it's medical or recreational you know Canada is, is fully uh uh it's a federally ru- it's federally legal in Canada yeah which we still got a long ways to get to there right but i mean when the market hits and we're fully legal federally legal yeah it's that's going to be a whole damn dude can you imagine just Anywhere in the state, wherever you want, like, just having this access to... Well, you know, and, and that's where, like... In the state, but anywhere in the country, rather. No yeah. No matter the state. Because, like, I'm I'm curious how these lawmakers are going to create this market for us. Because, you know, going back to what I was saying about cannabis, cannabis can grow anywhere. Right. Like, you go to Nebraska, you know, I have a uh, a colleague out there. She Her name is... Uh, 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 nurse Courtney, um, she she tells me that there's hemp growing on on the freeway. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like you can find hemp or sometimes even cannabis just growing somewhere. Right, right in 
wild, you know, like, like, cause it is a weed. Dude, it grows <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> it grows everywhere. Yeah. So if you imagine when it becomes federal legal, anybody can grow cannabis or hemp in their backyard. Yeah. Yes. And can. then you won't need to go to these stores and buy the product. Yeah. I mean, you would only go to these, you would only buy these products because you don't want to go through the process of making your own oil. Yeah. Which know? I think a lot of people would still do. I think. Exactly. Big business or who, whoever's probably worried about that. But I always like to use the, I heard somebody use the example of tomatoes. And I like to do it too. It's a perfect example. Exactly. You could easily grow tomatoes in your backyard or on your balcony or anywhere. But how many people actually grow their own tomatoes? Exactly. They all go buy them. So it's like, it's most likely going to be the same thing with cannabis. You know what I mean? Like. For those of us who do want to grow, you should absolutely have that option. Yeah, but you know, she tells me in Nebraska you can't grow your own over there. No, you know, it's not. Nebraska is not a legal state. No, it's not. So, do they have? Is it for medical or nope. nothing at all? Mm-mm. Oh wow! So I knew it wasn't recreational. I thought maybe it was medically. Recreational? No. Yeah, I knew no, that. No. Um, I'm trying to think. Is it medical though? I don't uh, know. I, I'm trying. Maybe not. Maybe maybe not. But I know she tells me that you you can't oh, get in trouble. You can. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, for growing plants in, in in your property, I know here in California you grow up to six plants, but uh, Nebraska. I'm trying to remember what the rules are, and it's hard to just stay on top of all these different markets dude, and states. There's too many, dude. We um so in Can- in Missouri they um we just passed the medical like I said and they mm-hmm. so if you want to cultivate as a patient you can have six plants right but I'm not sure if they break that up like in phases you know what I mean oh yeah when it comes to like the mature plants right exactly. yeah they should you would you would hope that I, they... I think it's uh, six mature plants so then does that mean you could probably have like six like little baby budding plants. It all gets weird. I mean, and all of that's going to change. So let me see. Nebraska. Cannabis is legal oh, yeah. for all purposes. Yeah. In Nebraska, possession oh, is illegal, illegal in yeah. Nebraska. Possession of one ounce or less in an infraction, which is punishable by a maximum fine of $300. And a judge may order the offender to complete a drug education course. Come on, Nebraska. You're making people go to school after this? A second conviction for possession of one ounce or less is a misdemeanor punishable by a maximum of fine of $500. And the third and a subsequent convictions for possession of one ounce or less are a misdemeanor and are punishable by a maximum sentence of seven days imprisonment <laughs> and a maximum fine of $500. Oh, Nebraska's behind the times. Jesus. Don't get caught in Nebraska, bro. No, Jesus no. Christ. But it grows wild out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just throw the seeds and just let Mother Nature take her course. Oh, and it will. Yeah. And it will. It totally will, dude. Man, this is exciting stuff. Well, dude, thanks for doing this. Um, We've gone an hour, bro. Oh, wow. Yeah, I know, dude. Time is just flying. Um. Do we cover every? I don't know. There, we could we could definitely cover more. There's like a whole bunch more oh, to yeah. talk about. But I, was there anything that we didn't maybe talk about that you were wanting to talk I'm, about? I got to think of right now. Okay, cool, yeah. cool, cool, cool. Um, so is there uh, usually about this time? I kind of just let people or my guests. If the, is there anything that you wanted to uh, like anywhere you wanted to direct the listeners to? Um, you're not big on the social, so if you don't want to, you know, pull out your handles or anything, but if, I don't, I don't know if there's anything that you wanted to plug or promote or anything like um, that, or anything exciting you're working on you'd like to share. Well, I am excited to share that uh, I'm going to start my own podcast as well. Yes. Uh, called Beyond the Flower, and 
it's going to be based on ed, uh, education, but also interviewing uh, business owners, CEOs, formulators, scientists, research and development companies, uh, patients, you know, uh, a lot of just hearing people's stories of how they got to where they're at in the industry, how cannabis or CBD has helped their lives, um, and then just sharing the education and research that's, that's going on out there. Um, and also product uh, product education, you know, what uh, what kind of products are out there and, and how to shop, you know, how to shop for a brand and a product as well. Yeah, the education piece is so big. Yeah, it's called Beyond the Flowers. It's, it's going to be on YouTube. And then, you know, from there, I'm going to expand to other distribution channels. So. Different platforms. Right on, yeah. dude. Um, that's exciting. Uh, do you have an idea on when you might be, people can look for that? Uh, I know I'm putting the pressure on you, dude. Yeah, that's good. I know. That's good. Um, give me a couple of weeks. A couple of weeks? Couple okay. Weeks. I didn't yeah. know if maybe you're going to be like, yeah, within the next like few months, we'll have it launched and going. Well, so you're looking within the month. Oh, yeah. I mean, okay. I, I have a couple interviews already locked in. Oh, right on. Yeah. I just want to get more under my belt before I start. Yeah, start getting some in the pipeline and exactly. then you start releasing them. Exactly. That's a good move. Cool, dude. So we'll be looking for that. And then um, if it's. This will be out here probably like a few weeks. So we'll, we'll, if it's yeah. out, we'll put I'll put the perfect the link in the show notes and all that good stuff. Aiden, dude, thanks so much, brother. This has been great. Oh, likewise, brother. Thank all you right. for having me on your show. Yeah, dude. Hey, everybody. Until next time. Hey guys, thanks for listening. That was an amazing conversation. I know you got value out of that. Uh, do me a favor. Again, bring us a friend. Just one friend, if you are getting value out of the podcast, if you learned something, if you thought something a little bit different, if you laughed, if you cried, if you whatever, if you got something out of the show, bring us a friend. Help us grow this thing. Also, leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And if you haven't, head over to the website. You can go to outsideperspectivepodcast.com. Get on our mailing list. Stay up to date. So you know when we're dropping things, you'll get exclusive uh, content, and uh, and you'll just you'll just know what's happening. So go to outsideperspectivepodcast.com and connect with us over there. As always, again, big thank you to Convergence Media Group. Go to convergencemg.com. Also, big thank you to Jumbo Superfoods. You can go to jumbocbd.com. Check out their full line of products. I absolutely love those guys. And then, um, you know, as always, you can go to imposedwill.com. Check out our full line of apparel. It all starts with the mind, and we all have the ability to impose our will on life. It starts with healthy habits and discipline and structure and through these things we can build a uh, an exceptional life i truly believe that and i really want to help others impose their will so if that is you if you are about that life go to imposedwill.com and check us out we have that full line of apparel you can rep the brand show people what it's about help spread the message help others impose their will on life You'll save 10% when you use the code outside at checkout. So go check us out, imposedworld.com. And uh, hey, guys, that's it. We're done. That's all I have for you. I hope you guys have a wonderful day. Just keep being rad humans, and I will catch you next time. Love you. Bye. Mwah.